Pelotero Pickle episode 92. We've got special guest, Toronto Blue Jays catcher Danny Jansen. We talk about his career growing up in Wisconsin, the pitch comp system, and a little bit about hitting. Check it out. Pelotero Pickle, episode 92. We have a special guest with us today, but first, reminder, send us your questions, pickle at pelotero.com, or hit us up on Twitter, at Pelotero Pickle. I'm Bobby Tewksbury. Joining me is Chris Colabello, and special guest, catcher for the Blue Jays, Danny Jansen. I'll throw it to Chris. Chris has history with Danny. So, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm on location at the Division II College World Series. I went to the Division I Regional UNC VCU last night. A lot of homers. I'm going to go see my nephew play, but I'm excited. We got, uh, he's like one of my little brothers, I feel like. Danny Jansen, what an honor, man. You're the cheese. What's up, bud? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm excited, man. I uh, I got to watch you grow up a little bit in the Blue Jays organization. When we, I met you in 2015, the first time, and then when I had the distinct luxury of being suspended, you kept me sane while I was at extended spring training. So thank you for that. Like, likewise. <laughs> you had to have a couple chuckles, you know, baseball could be stressful. So, and now you're, uh, you just, you know, like been in the big leagues for like longer than I was there. So you're way cooler than I am. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting, man. Playing for a really solid blue Jays team, which is awesome too. So. Yeah, stuff. man. Yeah. I remember, uh, those first couple of big league camps and stuff. I remember coming in and seeing you and all that stuff and make, make it easier on, uh, on guys. You know, I was a bit nervous and all coming in, but I think you were there to hope, you know, put me under your wing a little bit. And yeah, I good. tried. I, I had to talk to the young guys cause the older guys wouldn't listen to me anyway. So I had to <laughs> have somebody to talk. No, it's like one of my favorite things to do in baseball is really try to create a good environment for younger players. Cause I remembered how nervous I was when I first got there and, even my first year in double a bobby can tell a story about like i was a train wreck like because i was I'm just always worried about everything and you know if, if you had any of the similar stuff like i just wanted to try to ease all of that because at the end of the day it's just going out and playing you know yeah yeah for sure 100 all right let's get into your background a little bit um i have done a little bit of homework on you but i i'm always fascinated to learn the stories and how you yeah. ended up getting to where you are. So, <clears throat> grew up in Wisconsin, correct? You were born in Illinois, yep. but grew up in Wisconsin. Cold weather guy. <clears throat> it's, it's not a very common path to be a position player coming out of a, a winter weather state, northern climate. Uh, what was it like coming through high school? What was your travel ball scene like? What like How did, how did getting drafted happen for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, growing up in this, you know, playing ball in Wisconsin, uh, I guess you can go back a little bit further. My family's kind of always been around baseball. We, we were hosting a local low A team ever since I was about eight, eight or seven, eight or nine years old. Like host family? And, uh, host family, yeah. We were the host family awesome. for the low A. They were the Mariners. We had a lot of guys. Uh, our biggest guy, we had Adam Jones, center fielder, played, you know, Baltimore. And I think great career, Adam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I have a really cool story about that too. Uh, my first year uh, in pro ball, but um, so we were always around the around the uh, you know around the game, and um, didn't play many games in high school. You know, we played about eighteen, and majority of them were double headers in like May. <laughs> you know, so so uh, it's it's kind of a challenge there. But um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I, I didn't really think about, you know, pro ball and all and all that stuff until maybe my junior, senior year, I think. I, before that, it was just, you know, I loved, loved the game of baseball, I had a passion for it, and just going on playing it in the summer. Um, played American Legion for a while, didn't even play like the travel ball. Um, got hooked up with uh, GRB Rays, which is a team out of Madison. Um, for a, my junior summer, I believe was really the only one in a fall, I think too. But, but yeah, man, not, not a whole lot of games. And, uh, you know, I, I like to thank my, my area scout, Wes Pennick, who stuck it out in the sleep one day and took video of, of one of these games. We were playing, uh, Oshkosh North and he was one of the only guys there, I think other than some parents. Right. So he's, you know, stuck it out and, and believed in me and, um, you know, came drafted. I didn't even know if I was going to get drafted. It was, it was one of those things where I actually had a broken wrist uh, my senior year. I, I broke this piece of foreign bone in my hand. So I played about three games my senior year. And I remember we had playoffs and I, I chopped that cast in half and I put some tape around my whole wrist and hand and I was playing. So um, I didn't know if I was going to go to college, Juco, or possibly draft. And then, you know, once the draft came around, it, it kind of all happened right then, right then and there. A man after our own hearts from a northern climate. Bobby had a similar story his draft year, which would have been our senior year in college. We were He was at UVM. I was at Assumption. Bobby was in a cast. He didn't cut it off, though. That was probably the move, too, because you should have cut the cast. Well, I, uh, I had a screw and a wire in my thumb, so cutting it off. Oh, man. <laughs> I had a, a radiocollateral ligament tear. So Ugh. literally had a screw. There was like a, a wire sticking out of my thumb. So Hey, listen, all I know is he cut the thing off and he's in the fucking big leagues. And yeah. you didn't and you're not. So <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> like, I mean, who's right here? Yeah, I want to run it back a little bit. Cause I was, so Chris and I are both cold weather guys, northern uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. Uh, I was also a host family for, it was an independent league. I'm curious about your biggest takeaways having – professional baseball players around you at, an, at a young age. I started my, my freshman year in high school was the first year we had, uh, we had our first, Andrew Jemison, um, like uh, keep in touch with him. His, Andrew's son is now staying with my mom this summer. He's in the Futures League, so it's like a big full circle moment. It's really cool. But our, uh, Drew, he hurt his leg. He got, he got injured at like the last game of spring training, so I got exposed to like all this – workers comp like injury dl right. stuff and it was crazy like i got i got exposed to the business side of the game really early and understanding how many people can come out of the woodwork when things are going well and yeah. just trying to be respectful of like this is the job this is like there's a lot of pieces of the game that people don't understand because they haven't been around guys i'm curious what your biggest takeaways were because they would also like they would come and like work with me and like I'd be hitting off a tee in the backyard and they come give me advice and it was incredible. Yeah, man, I got a bunch of stories. So, I mean, for me, I, I have a, a, a one older brother. Uh, there's Matt. He's seven years older than me. So, um, my first year, I was nine. So he was about sixteen. Was, yeah, around around that age. So, so yeah, it was just like another older brother in there. You know, at first, right? It's just like these guys. Uh, we love going to the game. We stayed like not even a mile away from the stadium so we're at you know every game in the summer we're at, we're at these timber Rattler games and uh a lot of my memories from my childhood were at these, at these games and stuff and it was just cool like to go there and see it's like hey there, you know there's you know whoever we got staying with us he's playing and it's just like a cool thing you know and it's just being around them and then you get exposed to like the late nights and the travel of the minor leagues and all this stuff and they come home late um and help me 
um, kind of realize that tough travel and just, you know, subconsciously get, get exposed to that minor league life, even though I didn't think about a band, right? But uh, when I was in it, then you can kind of relate to it. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, it's stuff that I, I had no experience with. I, I, I saw professional baseball in Italy, and it was completely different. You just play on the weekends. It's more like college and – um, I think I was super naive to all of it, but um, definitely probably a, a helpful thing. How did it? So did that have any impact on your decision to to sign when you got drafted? Like, you, did you feel more familiarized with professional baseball than you did the college scene at that time? I think a little bit. I think, um, yeah, I, I think so. Um, like I said, though, I, I I wasn't really like a you know, a highly talented prospect or anything like that. Um, I didn't even know if I was really going to get drafted. It was one of those things where it was like, uh, I had a, uh, you know, I had a scholarship to Jacksonville university, just trying to get out of the North, trying to get, <laughs> get in the sun and get up, get in the South. Um, and then I also heard from like Iowa Western, a little Juco, big, you know, obviously they were a powerhouse and all. And, um, I didn't know what was going to happen. And then I tell you what, once uh, the <clears throat> draft came around, I remember I had my family there and, and I heard my name on like the radio and stuff. And and I was like, I ever looked at my brother. I was like, Wait, what do you think? And he's like, hey, it's your life, man. And, and I was, you know, Blue Jays give you, uh, you know, they, they put in there, you know, you get uh, college uh, taken care of. Um, that's pretty much the only reason, probably the biggest reason why I did sign too. I was a 16th rounder um, <clears throat> and it had college paid for. It didn't work out. So I can go to, four years of, of a college so that was the biggest biggest uh defining you know moment for me was was having that option so uh, i i being around the game yeah i just you know what it's like hey it's an opportunity i might not get it again so i'm gonna go for it yeah i don't think people realize that when they're they're going through it it's just you know i got a lot of guys asking me now what should i do what should i do and it's it's almost uncharted waters for me because i obviously didn't get drafted but you know followed the story of everyone else around me that that did and really saw both sides of it i saw a guy go in the first round out of high school and choose to go to college and then he got drafted higher tyler Beatty, who's now a pirate he yeah. was a giant and um he had gotten drafted by toronto originally actually um but you know it's it's just a weird it's a it's one of those things where i think you just have to you have to make a decision for yourself like what you really want and you just never know where baseball is going to take you. And I think one of the biggest things that I've been talking about lately with guys is, and this can kind of like roll into the baseball side of it is I think we get so caught up and worried about what's next and worrying about our future and worrying about how our season's going to go and then the path that our numbers are going to take and what our bubblegum card is going to look like that we forget to be in moments. Right. And, and yeah. one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give to young players now is, just be present, man. Just be present. Right. Embrace everything. And, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. I know you and I had some conversations, and I'm probably going way off the script, but I know you and I talked in Florida. We saw each other in February during the lockout, and, you know, we had a chat, personal stuff that we don't need to really get into. But tell me about how that part of the game is changing for you as you mature a little bit and how you're really starting to see the game a little bit differently if you are at all. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, of course. You know, I think, uh, for me now, just, this is like my fourth full season for uh, being in the big leagues. It's about 
Hey, it's about one, one at bat, you know, one pitch at a time. And it's not about, you know, I've been in, I feel like I've been in the trenches of, of, uh, of battling, you know, I've been over 30. I've been all these, you know, tough spots offensively. Um, but being in the present moment, just being, having fun, I think it's the biggest thing now where it's just like, you know, we're playing, playing a baseball game, right? We're playing a game for a living. Like I'm grateful for the opportunity every day. And, uh, it is just stop worrying about, you know, um, the next day or, 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 or my stats and all that stuff and just be in the present moment, try to help the team win. I think that once you think about it like that, it gives you some freedom. And I think I, I've started to unlock that freedom. And I've always said my favorite part about being a catcher too is you help the team win by going over four with four punch outs. You know what I mean? That's that's my favorite part about being a catcher. You can you can you can control the game behind the plate and uh just being in that present moment enjoying it and having fun, preparing. Obviously, being you know, my biggest fear is not being prepared. So as long as I can prepare myself the best I can and go out there and play, then uh, I can look myself in the mirror and say, "Hey, I gave them all." You know what I mean? That's that's the biggest thing for me, and that's what I've really learned is that you can control what you can control, prepare the best you can. I've tried to learn uh, to do that a little bit better offensively, but defensively, I think I, I've I've figured that out before offensively how to prepare, and, and I can do that and go out there and play. Then I'm doing doing it right, right, like that. Can we dig into that a little bit? I, I want to. I like. I like drilling down. We have a lot of college kids, a lot of high school kids who listen to the podcast. So I was like getting into the dirt yeah. and get really just digging into what that means. So how about catching first? What does it mean for you to prepare? What and whether it's working with the other cat. So Alejandro Kirk is the other catcher that, with the Blue Jays. Do you have a, a dedicated? catching coach are you working with the pitchers what does that look like from a preparation standpoint yeah it's it's uh you know you gotta you gotta make sure that your mechanics are all right so you know receiving wise we have uh, Luis Hurtado who's our catching guy um you know I've known him over the years in the minor leagues and stuff and this is his first year in the big leagues so uh we got a relationship and you know he, he knows what uh what I need to do to be at my best so it's whether it's, you know, I, I need to go out there and, and, and do a little bit more blocking or receiving um, footwork stuff. It's kind of about, you know, finding out what you need to do and not overdoing it because, you know, you're going to be playing and stuff, but but taking that time to, to get yourself right. And I think a lot of the preparation, though, is, is, is mentally, and it's about obviously scouting reports and it's about, uh, you know, knowing who we're playing and, and you know, situations who we don't want to get beat by and doing all these things. So a lot of it is being prepared mentally. And, uh, you know, once you're in the game, you want to you want to anticipate things, anticipate balls in the dirt. So, uh, you know, doing anything you can to, to be prepared for situations like that. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I think it, it, both sides of the ball, but, you know, defensively being a catcher, you want to be with the most prepared guy on the field. Do you have specific routines that you go through with receiving drills? That There's a lot of attention right now on receiving which is funny right. because the whole robot strike zone thing is creeping up on the big leagues. Curious what your thoughts are on that too. But uh, I've seen a lot of stuff with catchers doing like weighted ball stuff, like bottom feeding, you know, receiving at the bottom of the zone, one knee down. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, advancements in the game combined with the potential robot strike zone? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, stuff that I like to do is I like to just kind of um, almost get like balls rolled to me or on a, like a short hop and kind of work on, on, on my hands there and, and working on the move like that. Um, do a lot of stuff on the machine where I start with my glove down. Uh, something that I like to do is, is work, you know, ground up. I think that's the biggest thing. 
you know, to be the uh, to take away. Sometimes I have a little bit of a double pump where I'll go up like this a little bit and be late to some balls. So I try to work on just glove up and catching and being strong. Um, done a lot of that. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's big. And obviously, you know, with the, with the you know, robotic strike zone and stuff, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think that it takes away, you know, value of guys. Uh, Thank you, young man. Thank you for saying it out loud. I appreciate it. Keep going. Yeah, you know, I just think that it's, uh, you know, it adds value to, to players, you know, how they how they're able to receive and how they how to handle the strike zone with that. I think that's just a, you know, it, it's something that we've worked on my whole career of working on different stuff and, and you know, being a catcher and watered down version of who you watch, who you learn from. And I've learned from watching Russell Martin, you know, Luke Maley, even Kirk now, like just learn from different people and. And Sal Fasano, my first catching coordinator, Ken Huckabee, John Schneider, all these guys, man. You watch guys on TV and you learn from watching games. That's the biggest thing, too, is watching games and, and seeing. You know, I always, every time I watch a baseball game, I, I look at the catcher, I look at how they're, you know, I look at what pitches they're calling and situations and sequences. I look at how they're receiving balls and stuff and just really just kind of trying to learn from, from that even now. So, so yeah, it's, it's a huge piece of the game. Um, and I'm 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 obviously a, a fan of of having that value and and not you know electronic strike zone, but yeah, that's, that's my opinion. All right, so now that we've talked about the most ridiculous concept in the history of everything, because baseball, you should just start a new sport if you're going to have an electric strike zone, like electronic strike zone. Just start a new sport. It's a different sport altogether. I think catchers are the most valuable piece of the game. Um, I couldn't have done it myself, and I give guys that have a lot of credit. My baseball mentor, Rich Gedman, who we had the distinct pleasure of having on the show, was a catcher, and I learned how to see the game from him. And I think that's it's it's you you mentioned the word before. You mentioned the word of of uh, you're talking about awareness, and 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 uh, I can't remember the exact word you said. Anticipating. Um, yeah, anticipating. Sorry, I, I blacked out. Um, but like anticipation, I think you can learn so much about the game on other sides too, right? If you can anticipate the way the game is trending, and you, if you pay attention, you can see how the game is trending. And I think there's so much to be learned in moments like that if you're if you're watching and learning. And I want to know more than anything: how is catching? A, how do you balance catching with offense for yourself? And B, does is it having an impact yeah. as you get older and mature more on how you're approaching at bats and seeing the game that way? Yeah, um, I think that uh, um, for sure that uh, you have to repeat that first part of the question. I don't know. I blacked out to it. I saw no, it. The, the anticipation part. Um, how do you how do you see how? like the, the the balance of catching and versus offense and does, does yeah. the catching part help your offense ultimately yeah I, something that I've, I've always i've always put first was was the uh the catching side of it i think that um like i said before i think that it, it, it gives you that freedom of you can help the team win which is the most important thing behind the plate so it was something that i've always done was uh put defense first whether it's um, you know, making sure my mechanics are putting a lot of my time um, before the game and stuff on on defensively, and making sure that you know I, I can I can gain the trust of the staff and handle the staff, and uh, you know they got the trust in me. And then, yeah, I think uh, you know as I'm getting older and stuff like that, I think that helps too with with you know how you, how you call the game and stuff like that when you're in the box. 
ox of certain situations that you know uh, or you have a little bit of an insight on, on you know what might be coming just some the way that you call the game you know so I think that that's something that I'm kind of learning too and that goes with going up there with a plan and trusting it and, and not you know not coming off it uh, a little bit but but having that that game plan curious about the increase in data and spin rates and tunneling I'm curious about how that influences your game calling and also how as a hitter like balancing that out with I I always I've thought for the last five years that as as pitchers learn their strengths more they their pitches will get nastier but they will also become more predictable in some ways where they're going to go to their strengths do you I, I'm, I'm just I'm curious about how that's evolved over the last few years because the the time that you've been in the game it's gone from really like the very beginning of data and metrics and all this and now it's it's got to be just intense trying to <laughs> trying to use everything and the influence coming from the front office with providing that kind of information to you guys how does it affect your pitch calling and when you do get up to bat are you, how much do you lean on that information as a hitter yeah, I, I think uh, when I got in the game and stuff like that, the, like the high fastball and the spin rate, like you said, right? Like, like uh, you know, the velocity and 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 uh, like the kind of like the setting up middle and stuff like that, and letting it ride up has become a big thing. I think that um, I feel like there is, you know, the sinker ball and stuff like that is kind of coming back into the game a little bit. But um, when I, you know, when I came into it, I think it was starting to get to the peak where it's just doors up, spinning up, guys are throwing hard and, and letting it eat at top of the zone and. You know, something for us, uh, you know, as a staff for sure, is that we're trying to get ahead. We're trying to get ahead with strike one, and you can, you can see like you know, the correlation of uh, of getting ahead with that first pitch is obviously the name of the game. And whether it's you know fastball or your off speed, but but it's just filling up the box is is, is a huge emphasis for us. And I think that is uh, that's kind of that's that's evolved over over you know the years. Is just hey, fill, we're filling up the box. You know, the data says you know that eighty something percent is either a foul ball or, or, or it's not in pitch right down the middle is, is not uh, 87% or something like that is, is not going to be uh, like damage against you. If you just throw something hard and, and, and fill up the box with the first pitch. So, so that's, that's something that, you know, you have all that data and stuff that you can kind of, all right, we're getting ahead with, with this. And then we go from there and then um, try to build your roadmap to how you want to put the guy away with, with obviously the advanced data. And this is what, um, the weakness of the hitter. So how are you going to get there? That's that's the beauty of, of being the catcher and kind of having that roadmap and, and finding a way to get there. But um, getting ahead, filling up that box is is, is the name of the game now. Do you feel like um, do you feel like most pitchers are like aware of all this stuff and are using it to their advantage and are willing to go to against hitters weaknesses more than pitch to their own strengths nowadays i think that you you gotta you gotta uh you gotta you gotta you know stick to your strengths as well i think that's a big thing right but i think that there's times where it's like you can get away with with uh with filling up that box with um maybe it's not your best pitch but you can you can kind of do it and maybe it's you know one of the strengths but you know the, the data will tell you that it's like hey, it's either a take or it's maybe we contact but um I think that guys understand that and, and it gives them freedom that they can just kind of fill up the box with their best stuff early and then you can expand late. So that's uh, that that's that's one of our emphasis for sure. So I love talking to catchers. We've had a number of catchers on 
and I love digging into the. It, there's just so many. There's so much detail there. Like, how much are you reading? Because you get all these advanced metrics, right? But then you get you get in the game, and the the guy's like up on the up on the plate, yeah. and he's trying to take yeah. something away, or he's backing off, or he's moving up, or it's just i love the dynamic of of catching i'm curious who who is the who's the nastiest guy that you have on the staff right now is it like are i know it's harder to catch barrios has got some filthy movement i'm it's gosman it's, uh, it's got to be gosman the guy's oh, giving Gosman, him no yeah. barrels zero barrels Gosman, i forgot gosman's there and i charted one of his games and it was disgusting um but gosman's very different than barrios from right like yeah. pitcher type what what what's that? What's it like having to manage all these different profiles? Because it seems like there's, like the Rays were doing it really well, where every pitcher's got a different profile. Like every guy's different, with intent. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. managing that and thinking through that, it's got to be. I don't know if you have a note card in your pocket when you're out there catching, or if you just remember it. Because I know a lot of guys have the note cards, but it it just there's so much to think about as a catcher. Yeah. What's your it's, What's your favorite piece it, of that? It's a lot of. It's um, it's it's a lot of fun, man. It's you know, it's going into a game uh, with whoever's on the mound. We have you know, we got our starters who all have different stuff, but you know, they're nasty with with you know, in, in their ways and all. And it's it's about uh, it's about getting ahead and then using their pitches, like Burrios his slider, or they call it a curveball, but that thing's a sweeper, right? And but he's got a he's got nasty movement on a sinker, so you're able to get inside on guys to open up that slider away, or you can go four seam, or you can go back door two seam, or he's got a change up, you can go right on right change up after the sinker. It's all these sequences that are fun to fun to work with, and it's like the it's the fun part of the game. And yeah, you know we have the freedom to to maybe you know go against something if you can see this guy diving. It's like this guy he's diving, so we got to go inside and we got to blow him up in there, and you know that's that's the freedom that you know we have to to work with and. Um, it's a lot of fun, and just like Gosman too. Gosman's got one of the best off speed pitches in the game, splitter, and that thing is, you know, the command that he has. You know, he, he comes into a game, he's like, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go uh, we're gonna go away with it. We're not just gonna, you know, set up middle with it. Like he's got the command, and he, and he knows how to pitch, you know, with his fastball, using it down, using it up and in, up and away, and, and you know, slider back door and all these things. So it's a lot of fun to go in with these game plans and then you got to adjust on the fly as well. You know, you gotta, you gotta make some adjustments and that's, that's the fun part about it too. You're, you're in there together. You're in the, you're in, you know, you're in battle out there and sometimes you got to, you know, it's not going to be perfect every time you got to make adjustments and, and, and you might have to go against the grain a little bit, calling it, calling a game just to open some stuff up, you know? And, and I love that part of catching. I love the, the chess match in there. You know, it's, it's something that I'm still, very much learning, but uh, you know, game calling is is one of the fun parts. Talk well, to me about it's be like playing a video game. It's gonna be like you're, you're like when you have guys with that that much nasty stuff. You're like, oh, let's let's do this sequence and just plug it in. Do you guys um, use um, Do you guys use the pitchcon? Do you guys use the? I should yeah. answer this. What's that like? Yeah, you, that's. Uh, that like, <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think that it, it's. Um, over the last couple of years and stuff, instead of like switching sides, when guys are on second base every two pitches, you have a pitch comp, and it's you know it's 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 foolproof, and it's something that uh, you know I, I have. I remember you know with with like Hunjin Ru, right? He's got he's got pitches in all different quadrants, and he can kind of do so many different things. So I I had uh, you know, I had one of our one of our video guys there and kind of make a different a different one for him. So I set up like you know instead of having. Uh, um, these things are, they're incredible. You, you can have like, you, you kind of make it say whatever you want, but instead of saying, 
know, there's pitches, there's nine buttons instead of a pitch and, and holding it or, or pressing it and pressing another button for location. It's like, all right, we got a cutter up and in button. We got a cutter back door button. We have a change of away, change of in. You know, we got a sinker, we have a slider, we have a curveball, and uh, you can kind of personalize it a little bit. So, um, so it's does nice. it just give yeah. him audio? It just gives him audio, right? Like you hit buttons and he gets audio. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So weird. It is. It's like it is. <laughs> you're, just, you're, you're playing PS Five or whatever. <laughs> it, it takes away from it takes away from just a lot of the of the stress of like you know big situations and it's like hey, we guess you know we got to switch up signs like every two pitches and. And then you got that little that little smidge of doubt of getting crossed up in the back of your head, right? <laughs> you know, back of your mind a little bit, but that that takes that all away. And uh, and, and the cool thing too is guys love it. Like they'll throw a pitch, they'll, they'll throw it back to them, and they're walking around, grab the rosin or something. And you can just you know, I always I take it off my knee. I have Velcro, and I take it off. And remember, I saw Mal, uh, I saw Maldonado doing it. He kind of had it like down where his fingers were. And he's pressing buttons like that, and I was like, "Man, that kind of looks cool. It looks maybe that gives the the picture where he's looking in some 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 normal, you know, feeling normal like it used to be, where they're looking for signs." But so I, I kind of keep it down there, and and uh, you can do it right away. Not even when they're looking at you, when they're walking around the mound, you can give a sign. You know what I mean? They can just nod or shake their head when they're walking around. So it it picks up the pace a little bit. And guys like that. They, the guys in the mound want that to get get back to them. You, you fire a button right away, and they like it, and then they're they're rolling. You know, so uh, it's 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 been. I remember when he first got introduced to it. I was like, man, I don't I don't know if I like this. You know, it's just kind of it's the old soul, or it's like changing, changing more things up. But uh, at the end of the day, it just takes away a lot of the the energy of switching up signs and, and worrying about that stuff. You know, it takes that all away. So it's great. Well, do you, do you hear it too, or just because what happens if you cross yourself up? Do you do you get the audio? So in, in spring training, like the catchers had, uh, you know, we could put it in. And yeah. they even had like a little tube that can go like in your ear. But uh, I remember they had a volume button on it too. And I, I felt like I was getting paranoid that somebody could hear it. So I don't even wear one in my helmet. I'm just, I'm banking on it. So far so good, right? But I'm banking on, uh, you know, I, I, the more I use it, the more I feel comfortable. I feel like I don't have to really look at the, because we have a little, we have a look at the, the note right here on the front of our wrist that says what the buttons are. So you give it a little peek, if it, you know. And it's got like pickoff, you hold for pickoff and, and you know, you got other stuff, uh, pitch out, you hold. And so, yeah, it's, it, it's cool, but, um, I don't wear mine. I just was so paranoid that, that the hitter could get the advantage of maybe hearing it. And I don't know if they could or not. Right. But I'm just banking on it being all good and, and dandy. So, so far so good, but <laughs> yeah. Nah, if you like, you put in the time, you put in the energy, it becomes like, breathe, like walking i bet it's just second nature the more you use it yeah. the more you use it it's just it's becoming yeah it's becoming natural it's becoming i know where the buttons are i can just i don't have to really look at the thing i can just feel the buttons and i know where they are so that's awesome that's been that's, been that's nice. good stuff this has been my uh this is my education to pitchcom i i had no idea i i assumed it was kind of like this but i didn't really know much about it so it's uh thank you for enlightening me young man the pace the, the pace the pace has been good it's been it's been cool it's been cool That's with the awesome. pace guys get, get the ball back to get the sign like they're, they're they know what they want to do with it where they want to pick where they want to throw it so it's, it's it's been cool all right let's talk about stuff that's really important nobody cares about catching on this podcast and I, by that i mean me bobby cares a lot about it i only care about how people hit so no, i'm just kidding i love you for being a great catcher too um First of all, you said you mentioned old soul, right? You're probably the only guy in the show hitting with no BGs right now, right? Only one, one of one. 
right. All right. So tell me, talk about, you got to talk about why you don't wear batting gloves. So like, that's just doesn't matter. You have to say it. I need to know. I, yeah, I, I didn't wear them in high school. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, just felt good. Just felt natural. And then I did it. When I got, when I, in my first couple years of pro ball, I had batting gloves on and I stunk. So uh, one, <laughs> one, one year I just said, you know, screw it. I'm going back to my roots and, and it felt good. And, and I don't know, I just something about putting your hands in the dirt. And, um, I just felt like a ball player. Maybe it's just getting more dirt on my pants too after I grab that dirt. And, and the more dirt on my, on my uniform, I feel more like a ball player. So as the game carries on, get that slight more bit of confidence. I'm weird like that. I don't know. but My uh, kind of guy. My kind of guy. Yeah, so, I knew there was the reason why we got along. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's something that I like. Uh, you know, I, I, I got, you know, I was on the IL during the really cold months um, this year. But I, I'd like to think that I wouldn't shy away from it and put batting gloves on in the in the cold. But uh, I could test that out this this season. So your wife must hate you because you probably calloused like all over the place, pine tar when you come home. <laughs> yeah, my hands are my hands aren't the best. Does she let you hold her hand or no? Like, does that oh, yeah. is that like a thing? All right, well she's probably yeah, used to it. I feel like yeah. we're all you know we all have the the you know the big one at the on the the heel or whatever of our hand and. Um, but you get, you definitely got way more than me. So, and you're pine tar too. So pine tar, dirt, stick, everything, right? Like that's your pine tar, no batting gloves. Love it. <laughs> nah, you go, I don't uh, usually do, do the rag. Spray? I'm pictures right now. You spray? Get the, no, no spray. I use lizard, lizard skin? Just, just stick. Stick. Yeah, I use the lizard skin too. I, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I like the lizard skin feeling. So I'm not, I guess I'm not. No, old, old soul. No, but that's the little, most little natural feel that we had because I hit no, in high school. I hit no batting gloves on the leather grip, so I get it. I'm, it makes sense. I'm just too soft. I'm too I soft. Did I didn't like having cuts on my hand. High school, I did well, athletic there's... tape. I'd, I'd pull the grip off, put the athletic tape on because the yeah. kids in college, college road series, they'd like yeah, they have all so the pine cool. tar with the yeah, <laughs> the yeah. rosin in there, just trying to like look cool. More. And then I convinced myself that like a skinnier handle felt faster. So obviously. Just trick yeah, there's so many different ways, guys. Guys <laughs> use like that, uh, like guys use like that 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 tape, the wrist tape, you know, the stretchier kind. They put that on their bat yeah. and, and on their on their handle and stuff. So tried that. I don't get that. But, uh, I don't know. I, that. It rips I sweat too much. Open. I couldn't go. I couldn't go. No batting gloves. Well, the key though, the key is that you have to grab like chalk. You got to grab like the chalk in the box. I think that's something that kind of dries it out a little bit because yeah. <laughs> times where i'm like using the towel on my hands and sweaty and, and all that and all that stuff but you got to just grab a little bit of uh, a little bit of chalk and it helps out so it's a little, this, little I tip just, i got i got a little tip for you i saw this so rafael nadal he's one of the best tennis players yeah. ever the, the they just played the french open where he's like the clay court champion he's won a billion times there he had a bag of sawdust with him he was sticking his hand in a bed so there's a tip for you you throw some sawdust in the back pocket sawdust <laughs> Tell the bat boy. He literally he had a Ziploc bag of sawdust in at his. When they Can you imagine? Out, no, I'm gonna turn on. I'm gonna turn on the Blue Jays game, and Jano's gonna talk to the bat boy. They're gonna bring sawdust out to the to the to the. Hit I'm in my back pocket. Uh, I awesome. mean, hey, if that's if that's got knocks in it, we'll try it. Yeah, whatever's got knocks in it, hey. kid. That's right. I don't think people understand that they don't give it like like literally whatever's got knocks in it. Whatever bat's got knocks in it, it doesn't matter. Like. You know, whatever. That's how we roll. Sometimes you just got to during the season, you know? Yeah. There'll be times where I'll strike out and I'll grab my bat and throw it in the trash and then pull it out later in the later in the game and swim with it. <laughs> that's kind of shit. that's something I did more than minor leagues, but it was it was just yeah. one of those things. All right. Not so my fault. That's my fault. you're right. Exactly. It's it's the arrow, not the Indian. 
Um, all right, so Pat, producer Patrick wants to know this for sure. Uh, tell us about the glasses. The, the so did you wear your glasses all the time when you played, or did you ever have? Did you go to contacts? And you were contacts for a while, right? No, never. Uh, never. I, I got glasses at, after my 2016 season in high A. I remember I was stubborn. I always thought I was tired, but stuff just. I remember reading street signs on the way to the park, and, and it's just like, man, I, you know, it looks a little bit blurry, but. You know, as a baseball player, like, we want to have perfect eyes, right? It's that little bit of, of fear and doubt, like, oh, man, maybe my eyes are, aren't, you know, they're kind of crap right now. So I stuck it out um, for the you know, rest of the season. And after that, I got – I went to the doctor right away. And it's like, yeah, you got astigmatism. Uh, you need something. So – and I was fortunate enough to go to the fall league that, that fall, right after that 16th season. And I got glasses right before I went. And I put that on. I was like, "Holy shit, this is HD!" Like, what was I doing? I was so stubborn. Why didn't I do this before and all that? But you're not going to change if I think in that way. So I just carried on, and and you know, I had a pretty good fall. Uh, just finally able to see the baseball. I was like, "What a what a game changer!" So um, ever since then, I've been glasses. I tried contacts uh, one time last year when we were playing in Dunedin. I felt like uh, I actually had to get my prescription kind of changed, altered a little bit during the season, which sucked, but. Um, I tried contacts and I, 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 it was, I was blinking a million times in that game. It was brutal. Yeah. I think one of my favorite parts about wearing glasses too is as a catcher, there's dirt and stuff flying everywhere at times. So it's just kind of like a little protective, you know, I don't really ever feel like I have stuff in my eyes. Um, so that's nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you ever, so would you ever go shades with a prescription or no? Like, is that like, uh, that's not on your radar or like, like, uh, sun, like sunglasses, yes. prescription yeah, yeah. sunglasses. I'm yeah, always used to seeing I, you with the clear lenses. I don't. I, I don't know if I've ever seen you hit with glasses on or even. No, this, this, this is my. Uh, this is my first. I don't have any right now. Um, something I think I had to get. I had to get them real fast. Something my prescription. Kind of always after every year, I, I check it out. It's, it's changed a little bit, so I had to get new ones pretty much every year. So usually I get a pair of sunglasses, and I had. I for some reason I did not yet, but uh, I don't have a problem when I have them. I, I like hitting with them. It's not like it bothers me. I wear glasses anyways, and you get used to that that feeling, you know. So I got to get some. I got to get some. Directly in line with what you're saying. So I found out I had astigmatism in 2017. It was after I'd, I got Bell's palsy, like when I was, I don't know, 27, 30, something like that. I don't know. And after I had Bell's palsy, my right eye just kind of like it, would, it was never the same. And I was always a perfect vision guy, so in 2017 which i was being very i was in a very dark place mentally to start the season but i remember thinking to myself like am i seeing the ball i was hitting like 230 and i'm like i don't i don't even this feels foreign to me i don't and so i went and got checked and they told me i had astigmatism and the doctor told me i could try just in one eye um the contact the, the contact and dude i had that same experience as you i could not stop blinking i was like this is it feels like i have somebody po like something crawling in my eye the whole time and i was i abandoned shit pretty quickly but my astigmatism certainly wasn't bad enough to need it i think so i can still yeah. handle seeing the ball but who knows maybe i maybe i could imagine if i could go back in time and be like man i, I get glasses now and i I'd, I'd be an hd and i could hit better <sighs> Yeah, um, yeah, but the shades thing always bothered me. Like I never, I never trusted wearing shades because of the nose piece. Like to your point about like wearing glasses, you're used to it. You're and then, it. yeah, and then the last two years of my career, I started wearing shades, and I was like, "This is awesome! I love it." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I always felt like I could see the ball a little better in the daytime too. Yeah, I I didn't go for like like things that were functional like that. I just tried to look cool. Whatever looked cool is what I was doing, but I couldn't wear glasses. And then I realized, okay, I can wear glasses, and it worked out pretty good. I well, think. it's it, it's it's like that. I feel like I wear eye black because I've I've had better games with eye black than not eye black. It's not like it's really necessary. I just throw it on because I feel like a little bit of a ball player, and, and uh, I feel like for me, then. When I got the eye black eye, I got that smidge more little confidence. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. No, for sure. And you look, your first team all grinder on the field. You could tell gamer, dirt, yeah, no BGs. Like, that's that's what I love about you, man. That's what uh, what p- keeps you near and dear to my heart, man. So um, tell me a little bit. So, all right, like, I just want to know, and I don't want to, we don't have to talk about it at length or anything like that. What's been the biggest focal point for you offensively this year? Just as a, just how how you started the year, things that I mean, obviously you came off kind of a tough year. I think you started really going in the second half last year, which was awesome. Yeah, I was excited. What's been that biggest transition for you to this point? Yeah, uh, you know, for for me personally, um, like I said before, I, I, I you know I've I've tried everything in the book, um, whether it's making some mechanical changes, whether it's you know altering. Um, approaches and stuff which i feel like approaches the biggest thing but uh for me personally um i I've, I've tried different things over my career and i think that through the minor leagues uh you know i was i was you know pretty good pull hitter that was one of my strengths and um it wasn't like necessarily like you know a crazy amount of power but it was just uh, i felt like when i was kind of uh you know looking to pull or trying to get the head out then i was on time and i was able to adjust and I think when I got to the big leagues and stuff, I, I don't know. I just wanted to maybe be someone I'm not and, and try to do, you know, hit hit balls out of the park all over the place instead of, you know, knowing kind of who, who I am. And I feel like through struggle, I was able to kind of find out a little bit more about, you know, what kind of a, a player I am and hitter and what I can do to help the team offensively. And, and when the lights come on, though, I'm trying to, you know, do damage and, and, and you know, get the head out and be aggressive. Uh, so that's that's been the biggest thing is kind of figuring out kind of more of who I am and I'm, I'm still learning still learning about it but uh, I think I'm on the right path it's awesome man good stuff I uh I appreciate you man you're 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 one of my guys I told you I said I have many guys I root for the way I root for you kid so so Thank you know you. man I'm always watching uh, I'm always watching. Even though you did give our magician friend a second in the big leagues, I think like that was that like courtesy, like hey, Heine, we need to get you in the show. And he, now he gets to wear wear the same jersey I did. That's kind of fucked up. I'm, I'm gonna have to wear hear that the rest of my life. Heineman played for the same team I did in the big leagues. Unbelievable. <laughs> He's a beauty. Heineman's yeah. a beauty. He's, he's got a career in magic right after baseball for sure. That's, oh, easily. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that's for damn sure. So. Um, Bobby, you got anything else? I, I, we can let Jeno go, man. I, I, unless you want to talk about anything else, I know you want to get into the teeth of it. But he got his family in town, and you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, that's great. Love yeah. it. I really appreciate having you on. I, I I could get into details and ask questions and go crazy with it, but um, it's really good stuff. I, I love talking about the catching stuff, hitting wise, hearing stuff like that story with Simeon and leaning on stuff like that. Here's one thing. One. I guess add on to that. Uh, Bo Bichette told us a story one time about watching Michael Kadire when when Kadire was with the Rockies. Dante Senior was with the Rockies as a hitting coach, yeah. and he watched. He would take Bo would take BP on the field with the team, 
and he told us a story that he was like 14 and he was hitting balls further than Kadire on the field. He's like, okay, so he, the, the, the quote was, I can do what he does, but can I do what he does? Or it was something to that effect where yeah. he saw him in the cage every day working. How do working I do what working. he does? Yeah. Yeah. Now that I know that I, I can do that, now I need to do, because Kadire won the batting title. He won the batting title, title that year, yeah. So it was just a huge influence. I can't even imagine. We were talking earlier about having being a host families for, for mine. Mine was independent league, you know, single A. Uh, but being around, imagine if you could have been around Simeon when you were 14. And yeah. And those lessons then versus, you know, a few years in your big league career. It's just crazy how important routines become and how much you can pick up on just by paying attention. And just oh yeah, be a shadow. Just be a shadow. Just pay attention and learn. And um, the part about so you're taking care of your swing oppo in the cage, so that you could create pull side. Because we see kids all the time, and it, across whether it's college, summer league, in college, you get the five o'clock heroes, the BPL Americans that they can go crazy in BP and hit that pull side homer, and then the lights turn on, and they can't hit in the game because they're not. It's almost like you have to create the oppo swing to allow pull to happen well. So it's it's just understanding path, and you get exposed if you just try to lift and pull everything all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's something I'm learning too. You know, it's 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 working that way, but in, obviously there's a there's a correct way to pull the baseball. You know, and that's and that's something that I'm still fine tuning and and not working every day on on doing it correctly, but. Uh, definitely want to work the other way in my work just to clean up the bat path i think that's something that's been uh you know really big for me and and uh something that i've really focused on was hey my swing's my swing man this is what i got you know there'd be times i can imitate somebody else's swing and it ends up looking like mine anyways <laughs> you know what i mean so so this I, is my swing and i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna own it and i'm gonna try to do the best i can to master myself and and if i can do that if i can prepare and if i can do that and go on the field and and try to just be me then i feel like hey i can my career can be done now and i can i can look myself in the mirror and be okay with it that's awesome just uh be on the lookout i uh i was very fascinated by your last homer so i am doing a breakdown on your last homer and even bobby will be proud of this because Is this one off copec uh yeah i'll point it out as i've got to pull up right now i just downloaded it. as i as i do the analysis on it because the swing itself like we talked about in florida i really liked what your moves are doing from all that stuff it's standpoint i think it's coming more naturally and the one thing that you said that makes the most sense to me is and that really really resonates with both of us i think me and bobby is being on time and how important being on time is and I think a lot of guys get caught in a trap of not understanding being on time. Bobby talk about Bobby and I talk about it all the time. Be on time. Be on time. And understand what on time means and the different place where you need to be on time. But I loved your last homer and there's a piece to it that I'm gonna get into. So be on the lookout on social media for that, just so you know. It's gotten to the point where I'm now doing breakdowns of my guy Jano's swing, because that's how how locked in I am to you, man. So just, you got a well, fan every day, kid. You got a fan, man. That's all I well, I appreciate it, man. Thank yeah. you. Well, we appreciate your time. And uh, we always do our, our little sign off here. It's kind of tacky and I'm cheesy like everybody knows, but uh, here we go. Out.